We learned this week that if you have a lake that you want to turn into an apparently unexpiring licence to print money, the way forward is to popularise the idea that there's some sort of dinosaur living in it. For we learned that the fact that obviously there bloody isn't any sort of dinosaur living in it is absolutely no deterrent to those determined to believe that there is. The mystery over the Loch Ness Monster has fueled imagination and speculation for centuries. Over the weekend, explorers and enthusiasts from around the world descended on the Scottish Highlands to join the largest ever hunts for evidence of its existence. We learned that at Loch Ness, the largest hunt in half a century for the monster said to lurk therein, but which doesn't, had been convened, comprising several hundred idiots without enough to do of a weekend, and nearly as many American television news crews seeking to pad out their and finally spots while reflecting bleakly on the turn their career had taken. It'll be hard for Nessie to hide from this high-tech hunt. They're launching drones overhead, scouring the surface, while also listening below. We learned that this complete waste of everybody's time and resources had, however, retrieved something. On one boat, fitted with the requisite acoustic technology, the crew heard what they reported as four unidentified gloops. No, more of a gloop. Though, to be honest, we did not learn exactly what this sounded like as, and we are absolutely not making this up, you can sigh balefully through the same reports we did, the giant prehistoric lizard spotters in question had neglected to plug in their recording equipment before weighing anchor. Or at least that was their story. Our theory, for what it may be worth, is that the four mysterious gloops were in fact the ebbing of the will to live of the correspondent on the spot. Yeah, welcome to journalism. We learned, however, something of the indefatigable optimism, though some might say a near-psychotic desire to appear on television heedless of the expenditure of dignity that drives those who travel even across the Atlantic Ocean to prospect in the loch's murky depths. Here's the thing that excites me. It's not impossible. Yes, mate. Yes, it is. We did not learn, or at least could not confirm, that at least one local Nessie hunter had redeemed themselves and the Scottish nation by selling the Americans the necessary kit and maps to mount a hunt for the wild haggis, but we live in hope. Anyway. Well, breaking the rocks in the hot sun, I bought the law and the law Sticking with the subject of implausible swamp creatures whose dunderheaded acolytes simply will not be told, we learned that this guy... We have Big Macs, we have Quarter Pounder Switches, we have everything that I like that you like. ...is built exactly the same as this guy. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles! Now he's got an entourage! And he's got a touchdown! He is Houdini! What a play! 47-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. We learned this from one stop of former U.S. President Donald Trump's current extensive tour of American courthouses and county clinks. And we know we technically learned this last week, but we'd already sent that monologue off by then, and frankly, it's too good to pass up. Can I get some general muttered agreement? Yeah. We learned that Trump had been booked in at the Fulton County Hooskow in Atlanta at six foot three inches in height, which is plausible enough, one supposes, and 215 pounds, or around 97 kilograms, 
in wait. <coughs> well, quite. Which is, we learned when we backed our hunch and looked up the pertinent statistics, almost exactly the same height and weight as Lamar Jackson, starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Coverage on the outside. Shotgun. Jackson out of the pocket. Jackson trying to run for it. Jackson avoids, spins, he's in, touchdown! Obviously, in real life, they're very easy to tell apart, as one is this notoriously slippery and evasive figure who has made his name extricating himself from the clutches of his opponents with a mixture of guile, cunning and deceit that continually baffles onlookers who think surely he can't be about to get away with it again, and the other is Lamar Jackson, starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. And we learned of yet further reason to adore Paris. Let's have some silly accordion music. For we learned that Paris had taken steps to reclaim its status as the world's greatest city for the boulevardier, the flaneur, and all the other French expressions honouring the carefree urban saunterer. We learned that Paris had begun taking action to whisk e-scooters from its streets, acting on a referendum held earlier this year in which 90% of those who responded voted to abolish the pestilential dickheadopedes. We learned that Parisian pedestrians have clearly had enough, as have all decent people, of sharing pavements with these ridiculous dangerous contraptions, invariably ridden by the most atrocious wanker in any given jurisdiction, also the strings of onions get tangled in the little wheels. And while mere abolition is a commendable step, it would obviously have been preferable if the citizens of the French capital had also reconnected, where e-scooter riders were concerned, with other aspects of their municipal heritage. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.